good morning, everyone. And good morning to everyone online. Thank you for joining us. Um, a couple of things before I start the sermon. Uh, just a thank you to Cindy Johnston and um, her time here and all of that. I hope the um, videos blessed you. There are more, but we couldn't, you know, we couldn't do the whole church thing. You know, it needed to be like three minutes. We had to kind of be creative in getting some of them, um, but grateful that we could do that. Concerning tonight at five o'clock, um, we do have food. Lindy and Susanna and a number of people have been preparing food, but we have food for 250 people. And right now there's like 235 or whatever signed up. That's a few people. Every table we have will be out in the parking lot with chairs. So anyway, that's the kind of the whole, you know, if you haven't registered, you might want to bring some food or, or come early, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, if you're early in line, we will know, okay? And a huge thank you to Gwen and Diana Bass, and there's been a number of people, Jen, a number of people on the team trying to pull this off. So and there will be some surprises, just saying, but don't get anxious, right? Um, so, and uh, to let you know that uh, John had surgery on his hand uh, Friday. And in typical John fashion, he thought he could preach, you know, today. Um, he called yesterday. He had, he had surgery on both hands. It, there's something about, you know, both knees at the same time, both hands at the same time, you know. Um, but he called yesterday about 10 minutes before Catherine Taylor's brother's funeral to tell me that he couldn't come to the funeral. And I was like, yeah, I kind of had that. And I can testify from the conversation that he is on drugs. And <laughs> he explained to me two different times about the surgery. And yeah, it didn't make sense, you know. Anyway, so if he comes tonight, he's going to try to come tonight. I'm guessing he will, you know, be on drugs. But you may not want to shake his hand because, you know, this is, <laughs> anyway, he's like Cindy. Cindy, you're, is this the hand? Yeah, Cindy, we need to get a picture of Cindy and John with their hands all, all taped up. So thank you for praying for him, uh, and thank you for being here tonight. It will be a good time. The scripture and the theme talks about a living hope. And we are in the, the season after Easter called Eastertide that will last until Pentecost. That we, um, from the eve of Easter until Pentecost Sunday is called Eastertide because there, you cannot celebrate the resurrection of Jesus in one day, right? There's a season for us to remember. There's a season for us to think about him and think about the power of the resurrection and how important that is in history, how important it is for us as Christians. Without the resurrection, right, uh, there would be problems. So understanding that, I mean, there are people who were in two, two places in Scripture where it's not like someone died, but it's like they were taken. Like it talked about Enoch walked with God and was no more. And then it also talks about Elijah, how, you know, God, you know, took him uh, to his presence. So y'all can look it up. I promise it's there. But, and, you know, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he died again. Jesus is the one that, that rose from the dead. And it's in that, in that power, that, that we have life. And so as we think about this, and as, as we look to these scriptures and a living hope, I mean, 
of all people, Christians should have the most hope. And, and certainly there are seasons in our life that are difficult or seasons that may really be hard, but knowing the hope that we have in God, the hope that we have because of what Jesus did for us on the cross and the resurrection, the ascension, what he did. So I was looking on uh, line, which is the source of all truth, right? I was looking online kind of for explanations a little bit of Eastertide, and there's, you know, there was a Methodist one that I opened with some trepidation, and it said, just saying, trying to be respectful, um, that they said in this time, it is a time for uh, believers to focus on the resurrection, to focus on the Holy Spirit, and to focus on the gifts of the Spirit. And so I thought that was pretty good, you know, that we focus on the resurrection, his gifts. Um, imagine the time. Imagine the time that Jesus spent with his disciples the 40 days after the resurrection, the conversations they would have had. I mean, how powerful would that be? And then the 10 days that they spent in prayer and, and that type of thing before the Holy Spirit was poured out. It's all a part of equipping us for this day, the day we live in, and, and certainly Christians before us. It's part of God's plan. We all need hope, and sometimes the events of the world um, can cause discouragement and even despair. We also need to know that so many have not heard yet the story of the resurrection, of what Jesus did for us on the cross and that our hope is in God. The life of Jesus changed history. It changed the way we look at history. I know that's fairly obvious. My spiritual gift, one of them, is stating the obvious. Uh, but even as we count time, that with the life of Jesus, counting time no longer became how, the, um, how they counted time by Caesars or by kings, how many years they lived, but it became before Christ and Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Really pretty amazing that, that how we now count time. Now, today in, some, in many um, academic institutions, they will say that we are in the common era, that now it's CE and BCE for before the common era because they, you know, want to leave Jesus out. Um, so anyway, um, <clears throat> I'm grateful that, that my degree says in the year of our Lord. So, incredibly powerful. It's incredibly powerful to think all that he has done for us. Thinking about B.C. and A.D., you know, I sometimes count my life as before kids and after kids. Um, sorry, just, you know, and the greatest, um, after accepting Jesus as my Savior, the greatest blessings of my life are Lauren and Robert. You know, incredibly grateful for what God has done and what he's doing in our lives. The cross, resurrection, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit turned men and women who were afraid. Now, the men were mainly afraid. Sorry, y'all. But the women who were afraid of the cross, afraid of what had happened, that they would, the Holy Spirit turned them into those who would proclaim the gospel to their generation. Now, think about it. You know, they had walked with Jesus for three years. They had seen him raise the dead more than once. And yet, he told them to tarry in Jerusalem until they received power from on high. 
that it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that gives us the power we need for some of the things that we face, for most of the things that we face. They took the gospel to their generation, to the known world, and all of them were martyred except for John. That sounds real appealing, doesn't it? Um, And yet, the gospel went forth, and it changed the world. We have the same responsibility for for our generation. Scripture talks about the inheritance. It says it a couple of times in the passage. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Excuse me, and into an inheritance, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. When we often think about inheritances, we think of money. You know, the, and that sometimes is a big deal in families. You know, they talk about this is your inheritance or whatever, and, and um, that's fine. But this is so much more than money. You know, people fight over money. They, they fight over wills. They fight over... And some things are valid in that. I mean, I totally get that. But at the same time, uh, this is so much more than Grandma's china or her table or whatever you might want when someone has died. I went to nursing school here in Dallas with Baylor School of Nursing, and I was in a bad car wreck and couldn't continue in that. But I was in the um, one of the classes um, for... Uh, maternity for delivering babies and that kind of thing. And so the professor talked about the day that um, that just how hearing is one of the last senses to leave. And so when you're in the hospital room, you don't talk. You know, even though the person may be in a coma or whatever, or you say positive things, you don't talk about, well, they're going to kick or whatever. You know, I- I'm trying to be sensitive here. Um, and he's, he talked about a documented case where this, they thought this guy was dying and his family had gathered. And they weren't gathering to kind of pray. They <clears throat> gathered to fight over the money out loud while he's, you know, still breathing but obviously not doing well. And uh, quite a bit was said about him and the money. And then he didn't die. And <laughs> I'm sure that was a little awkward, and I'm guessing the will may have been rewritten, I don't know, but, but it is important what we say and where our hope is and the importance of the hope that we have. I heard a missionary say to me not too long ago, um, she's a good friend, and, and she said, thank you. She's a good friend, and she said, um, I'm just not going to worry about money. I've seen God provide too many times. Oh my goodness. You know, when you live your life raising funds so that you can go to Brazil or wherever, and they had so, such seen God's faithfulness that she said, we're just not going to worry about money. Obviously money's important, but boy, we make such a big deal out of it. We make such a big deal out of it. Our inheritance is to be his children. It's hard to even get our heads around that, that our inheritance is not gold or silver that will fade. Our inheritance is a relationship with God. 
How amazing. How amazing. We know that all creation is groaning. In one place in Scripture, it says, as a woman in childbirth. Now, have you ever heard a woman in childbirth? I'm thinking Anna probably has several times a day. Anna works at labor and delivery at Baylor or McKinney, right? <clears throat> when, when I had um, Robert, uh, I, it was a scheduled C-section. My doctor was wonderful, in case he's watching, Ted Fogwell. Uh, but I had to have a C-section, and there was this nurse behind me, a guy, who was talking into my ear about what was going to happen next. And I'd already had a C-section, and I kind of knew. <laughs> I kind of knew what was happening next. And at one point, he goes, okay, a little tugging here. Well, they were about to rip me, with all due respect. <laughs> They're trying to get the baby out, right? And so it wasn't a little tugging. You know, I mean, I think they, anyway, they have to get the baby out. So when you think about a woman in childbirth, and you think about how creation groans because we are waiting for the return of Christ. We are waiting for the one that paid for our sins on the cross, who rose again, who sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. There are so many concepts of heaven, and that was part of the, the sermon today, was, is um, heaven coming to earth and there are so many different concepts and different things that have been written. And people have written millions of books about how the end of the world will happen. And some people are very, very wealthy because of all the books they've written. Um, never mind that that might not be true. But just, it's so amazing. I am confident that we are not going to sit on clouds and strum a harp. Okay. Can we just kind of put that aside? Because sometimes you see that kind of stuff, or you see in cartoons or whatever. Yes, I've watched cartoons, not recently. But, you know, it's very, very different than that. Scripture talks about God makes all things new. He makes all things new. He holds all things together. He is before all things. What an amazing gift to us that we can be called children of God. Oh my goodness. It is just remarkable. There are times in life where we feel like there's no hope. We've all had dark days, and I, I totally get that. Um, some years ago, I think it was 2014, Robert um, <clears throat> had been very sick, and he had the courage to tell me that uh, he had been abused uh, by my husband, his father. Uh, he only was able to tell me a little bit because he said, when you say it, it makes it more real. But he went through a very long time of, and there was a court case and all of that. I mean, it, it was very involved. Um, Robert saw a psychiatrist and doctors and a, a spirit-filled counselor uh, and still incredibly struggled for about two and a half years. And this community was a part of his healing as were other communities. He was an intern at Tyler Street um, at that time when he told me. And he said, and he lived there on campus, and he said that there were days he just couldn't get out of bed. And he was on all the meds and stuff. He took up to 14 tablets a day just to cope. And, and so um, at that time, he said he, he just couldn't function. And he couldn't really get out of bed which was scary for me. I mean, as a parent, you don't want your kid to hurt, right? And, and I, you know, you want it to be, well, maybe this will just be 
a little while. Well, it was at least three years. But as parents, we don't want our kids to hurt. So Robert said what really got him through was he listened to Christian music. He listened to Hillsong and Bethel constantly as he laid in bed with earbuds in. And that just hearing hope, hearing truth, hearing about the power of the resurrection made such a difference for him. And it was a part of many things. I mean, it, it, it all kind of was a part of a process. But when there's been that kind of pain, when there's been that kind of abuse, it takes a long time. And sometimes it feels hopeless. And I'll tell you, as a parent, there were times, you know, it affects everyone. It affected Lauren. It affected me. Um, obviously, it affects an entire family when things like that go on. When those things happen, you hold on. <clears throat> I was reading some information today from Rick Warren, who his son uh, took his own life in their home uh, unexpectedly, kind of in a moment of despair. And Rick Warren said, um, one of the things he said was, when you are struggling with hope, you stay in community. You stay in community. You stay connected with people because that is so critical. And I know I've just told the story about Robert, you know, not being able to function, but, but we were connecting with him. I mean, people were checking on him. <clears throat> Years ago, um, my father uh, took his own life, and, and in that process, it was a Sunday morning. I was getting ready to go to church. I was on staff at Tyler Street, and you saw Ann Morell and Paula, and that they came over afterwards. And uh, Ann said to me, don't be mad at God. God did not do this. He listened to the wrong voice. She said, you hold on. It will be hard, and you will get mad, but you hold on to God. And I think that is the greatest word when we are struggling. You hold on to what you know to be true, even though it is not easy, especially when it's not easy. You hold on. When you feel like there's no hope, you focus on what you know to be true. Not feelings, although God gives us feelings, but not necessarily feelings, but knowing <clears throat> what he has done for us. I think the most important thing we can do, uh, whether you have done it or where people, whether people are still kind of making decisions about this, you know, as we talk about the hope and we talk about being in God's presence and we talk about when Jesus will come again to the earth, we talk about how that that is, is so critical for accepting Jesus as your Savior. <clears throat> it's not just fire insurance, okay? Next week, Doug is going to talk on... I'm uh, not Doug. Uh, John is going to talk on... Sorry, Doug. Um, uh, depending on if John has more surgeries. I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> but he... Um, it's so critical to accept Jesus as your Savior. Um, it's not just fire insurance, you know, it's not just I don't want to go to the bad place. But it's to realize there is an inheritance, there is a relationship with the living God. And that it's a prayer. We repent of our sins. We all have sinned. We repent of our sins. We accept Jesus to be our Savior. We recognize what he did for us on the cross. And we recognize the, that he rose from the dead. That there, is, there was a resurrection. And someday, whether it is you know, in this lifetime, or whether um, it is later, he will come back, and we will be raised. We will be resurrected, too. 
I do believe that, that as someone uh, takes their last breath, Doug said it this way, as someone takes their last breath on this earth, they take their first breath in heaven. And I believe that. I believe we're in the presence of God. I think it is, it is so amazing, and we don't get it because we are so affected by this world. But oh, to be with him. We need to fulfill all the days the Lord has for us, but to be with him. So we repent of our sin. We ask Jesus to be our Savior. We receive him. We receive the work of the Holy Spirit. It is so critical to receive the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and part of heaven coming to earth is, is saying, Holy Spirit, you know, you have all of me. Sometimes I've given him <clears throat> this much. Holy Spirit, be in my home. Holy Spirit, be in this place. You have the room. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We sing the songs, but, but really knowing he is here, that he watches over us and he takes care of us. When things are difficult, we focus on redemption, what God has done for us in Jesus. We say over and over in communion, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Every communion. And, and I think sometimes we get used to the words, but Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And he will make all things new. He will make all things new. Our privilege is the inheritance. Romans 8 talks about the inheritance we have as children of God. And it's remarkable that, that he gives us far more than gold or silver. Some scriptures that we say at funerals and it's read and we listen to them and sometimes we're not <clears throat> aware. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. I hold the keys of hell and death. And because I live, you also shall live. What a remarkable statement that is absolutely true, that we have scripture, that we have his spirit, that we understand how to be in relationship with him. And if, if you're in a place where maybe you haven't thought about that or need, need to talk about that, accepting Jesus as your savior, call me or email me or talk to someone here. Most important decision we make in our lives is choosing to become a Christian. So we thank the Lord for his gifts. We thank him for this season of Eastertide. We thank him for what he has done in all of us, that he fills us with his spirit, and that, that he knows what is next. He takes care of us. He provides for us. He's our redeemer. He's our savior. We thank the Lord. Amen.